You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California during this holiday season, and I'm so glad you could be with me. Tonight, I have got something really, really special. I have got Kimberly and Foster Gamble of ThriveOn.com, and they have a brand new movie out, and it's beyond fantastic. It explains so much as to what is going on today with all this chaos And it's really amazing the things that they found out. They traveled the world, and they have got such a fascinating story. And the movie is incredible. So I want you to just sit back, relax, get a cool beverage, because believe me, this is a show you want to hear. It's going to uh, settle your mind. It's going to show you how powerful you are. And it truly is about the law of attraction. So let's take a fast commercial break and we'll be right back with Kimberly and Foster Gamble. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must read. It's the science behind the law of attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, International Certified Hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Heard by millions worldwide through 38 internet radio stations and in over 135 countries. Be sure to sign up for your monthly updates and get all the latest information on LOA radio events such as cruises, workshops, and seminars, as well as information on the latest shows, topics, and guests. 
Go to LOARadioNetwork.com and sign up today. Well, welcome Kimberly and Foster Gamble to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am so honored that you're here, especially after watching your incredible movie. Thank you, Thank you Jules. Great to be with you. Yeah. I know it, it's been so long, but boy, I got it. You guys have been really busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. 2015, we talked last. <laughs> I know. I know. My goodness. But during that time, you did this incredible movie. You traveled the world. You answer a lot of the stuff that you were talking about in Thrive One. So that's kind of where I want to start at the very beginning of the movie, because Foster, you said in your first couple of words, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. Hmm. And this is like, okay, well, through your movie, we're really going to be living a lot more. But tell us why you said that. Well, one of the things that I got in my own inner guidance in the process of considering making this movie and then in making it was very clearly to go beyond entertainment, to go beyond education into initiation. And I actually interviewed numerous people uh, who are experts in initiation. And I asked them all, so what's the essence of initiation? And the common theme was that when a person comes out of an experience, they're seeing the world in a whole different way than when they began the experience. And it almost always involves a sense of who you, are, who you thought you were disappearing. So there's kind of a, a, a death there. And I know that, as I said in the movie, for me, it's been really important for me to bring my spiritual experience together with my scientific exploration. And they both lead to the fact that by definition, as well as by experience, fostered my essence has to be a metaphysical being organizing all of these atoms and cells and so forth uh so as i came into the intellectual understanding of that it really helped ground out the some transcendental experiences that i've had where i felt i'm moved beyond experientially beyond a sense of attachment to this body i mean i want to take care of it as best i can and be here for a long healthy life and yet I found that I'm, I'm not living in any day-to-day -day fear of dying. That's, that's not shaping my decisions, obviously. That, that's wonderful. Good yeah. explanation. One thing I could add to that is that I think that that experience is really relevant to a kind of fearless inquiry that Foster has been involved in as long as I've known him, which is and which I recognize in other people also, and where I believe consciousness and knowledge come together. Because when we're not our, when our identity isn't based on our worldview, but instead is based on some essential eternal consciousness that we know is evolving and will prevail, then when our worldview shifts or information changes our mind, our core being is not threatened. And I believe that's why people in the consciousness movement are often the early adopters of new, bold ideas and understandings in science and even technology. It's because possibilities 
are more vast when you're not afraid of the consequences of discovering them. That is so true and so well put, really. I mean, I think we can grasp this now. Um, it goes way beyond what we are consciously thinking of right now. So this is this is why the, your movie is so important. Now, Kimberly, you were talking initially in the movie about health, and you brought some really, really new discoveries on diagnosis. And I just wanted you to share a couple of those things because, you know, really, it's incredible stuff. How can you even be diagnosed by, by the sound of your voice? Yeah, It's amazing. It, it's fascinating. And, and of course, a lot of it is the uncovering of ancient knowledge combined with new technology. And so I'll back up to say that my orientation is all about empowering people to have awareness of and responsibility for ourselves and our lives and our well-being. So, of course, if you catch an imbalance sooner, it's a lot easier to remedy right. than if it's already turned into a well-established disease of some sort. So the notion of early diagnosis or... Um, yeah, I'd say early diagnosis in particular is, is really one of the most empowering things we could do for people. And it turns out that because we are energy, because everything is energy, yeah. and that's something that we spend a lot of time in the movie describing scientifically, while we have heard about it metaphysically for a long time, this is that coming together of science and spirit to describe with the emerging unified field theory that we are energy and sound waves are energy, light waves are energy. And so it's natural that we would be impacted by sound and light waves and the good and the bad of that, right? So in ancient Chinese acupuncture, it used to be that um, they would not just look at your tongue, but also listen to your voice because your vagus nerve, which travels up and comes out um, as your voice, touches many, many organs touch that vagus nerve. And as a result, they have a certain signature. Every cell has a certain energetic signature. And that signature is recorded and impacts the vagus nerve in a way that a trained doctor or a trained technology can detect. And similarly, then a sound wave or light wave that could restore balance to that organ could also be fed in auditorially. And that's one of the technologies that we describe in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It is so fascinating. It makes so much sense. Um, but here we are in the year 2020. And we're, we're just now being introduced to this globally. So it's like, it, it, I wish it would have been done years ago. We're just now catching up. I think that there's a lot more to it than the technology because it's based on self-knowing. Right. There have been a lot of things that have been deterrents to our self-knowing, both in terms of our own relationship to God, whatever that may be, 
without an intermediary, our own relationship to knowledge about our body, without a doctor's interpretation. All of that is a different way of looking at who we are and what we're capable of. And one of the points that we make in the movie is that there is no magic pill that we get to take to be healthy. We actually have to develop healthy habits. And what those are is defined by our understanding of who we are and what is the field that we're immersed in. Yes. And so you're talking about the pH levels, extremely important, extremely important. You're taking salts. Personally, you're taking salts. Um, and I take baking soda every day, you know, so we're, 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 it's like, oh yeah. Okay. Bring it on. I'm loving this. Yeah. It's not table salt, just to be clear for people that it's, it's a combination of salt minerals that um, do not require water in your body to dissolve, which is why it doesn't have negative heart impacts, but it is a salt mineral uh, that we're after to get a better pH, a balanced pH, because we're electrical beings and salt is an electrical conductor. And pH is so important for the prevention of cancer, for your uh, for every, I mean, even with COVID, pH is necessary to get it balanced so that you don't get COVID. Right. And nobody's ever mentioned that, but that's what it's all about. Right. Clearly being healthy is the best possible way to, I mean, those healthy habits allow us to resist any number of things that we would otherwise be uh, vulnerable to. And again, in the movie, you're talking about all of these new techniques that we are now being exposed to. So it's like, I just feel like we're, we've moved up a century after watching this movie. <laughs> you know, we're not living in the 1800s anymore, but it's taken the movie to really bring us awareness of what truly can happen. I can't imagine a... a- reaction to thrive to that I would rather hear than what you said that it moved us up a century because that's why we made it you know so many people are feeling confused and helpless and hopeless and meanwhile Kimberly and I were going around seeing these absolute game-changing solutions and so finally we sat down uh, after a workshop we were leading in in Costa Rica where people we were sharing this information and people were coming up to us and saying things like I finally feel hope. I feel proud to be a human again. So we sat down, we talked to each other and thought, okay, we can't just keep this information to ourselves. Humanity needs to find out that all these solutions are already here. And that's when we decided to bite the bullet and make the movie. (laughs) And I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you did. So you actually, we're going to step beyond that a little bit because Foster you were talking in the last Thrive movie about electricity, free electricity. And you found finally this machine in Zimbabwe. And you've got to tell the story. It was amazing in the movie. I can't believe the difficulty that this man has endured yeah. to just get it. But you did it. You got it. You got the information and uh, uh, 
so just tell a little bit about it and and what we can expect in the future from this knowledge. Well, it's so exciting. And actually, Kimberly and I were talking about this this morning in relation to the law of attraction, because uh, she went through an incident in her life that, that had such profound impact that she really put out the message to the universe that she would do whatever it took to bring the best health technologies forward. And I had a similar thing with the energy technologies. So that's why we were flying all over the planet. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it was challenging work, but at the same time, it was so in alignment with our purpose that we just kept being given these amazing synchronicities. And an example of that is I was, again, in Costa Rica, I was working out in the gym with the owner of the Rhythmia retreat center down there. And all of a sudden my phone started blowing up. I was on the treadmill. I literally stepped off the treadmill and everybody was sending me this video of this, this young guy in Zimbabwe who was claiming to have a free energy generator, a yeah. free energy helicopter and a free energy car. And I, and I, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff and most of it isn't anywhere close to what they claim to be. But I looked at this and I just had the feeling of resonance, like, I think this one's real. I told Jerry, the, the guy that I was with, I said, I think this is real. Well, and this isn't a good example of where if I had just sat on my couch and hoped that that come true, I, I don't know what would have happened. But what I did instead was I en enlisted some friends to find this guy. And it took us two months to get in contact with him. And then finally, Kimberly and I were able to get on a, on a Zoom call like this with him. And he's just the most wonderful guy. And we, we, we felt trust all around to start with. And he said, come on over, you know, and I'll show you everything. So uh, I got on a plane with our camera crew and our security crew and went over and spent several weeks in Zimbabwe. And the, the very first day that we were there, we were shown, uh, he, he gave us a tour of this device. We call it Big Blue. He calls it the Microsonic energy device and it's basically it's it, <laughs> you see it in the movie is is this big uh generator that um is not plugged into anything makes no sound and generates a half a megawatt that's 500 kilowatts of electricity continuously and that's enough to run about 300 homes in africa so talk <laughs> about game changers and so we stayed there for quite a while going through various drama with government agencies. And then at one point he decided maybe he couldn't trust us and other people were advising him not to. And ultimately we, we came back into alignment because again, that I, he encouraged us to leave. We were told many times, why don't you just go home? But the intention that I had, I had put out to the universe, I will do whatever it takes. If you, if you can show me the goods, I will do the rest. And so I just stayed. I told him I'm not going home. <laughs> I'll Good. stay in my hotel as long as I, as I need to. And finally he said, okay. And so he allowed us to, to thoroughly vet the equipment. And we had a, a Norwegian engineer there to do that with. And as I say in the film, it was one of the happiest days of my life because it was literally this, this request, this vision that I had had, a request that I had put out to the universe. It started feeding me these contacts of which this was one of four uh, that all turned out to be real technologies. And there I was in the moment, all of a sudden realizing, oh, I'm standing next to the realization of what we talked about as possible 
in Thrive want. So now I've just been in contact with them this morning and they've got you know orders and, and potential investment and, and business partners and so forth coming in from all over the world. So we're just doing everything we can now to keep this guy safe, to, to have him create a successful business so that he can get this technology out to the entire world because that was his mission. Talk about the law of attraction. This, this young man, he's in his late 30s now probably, uh, since he was a teenager, has been in prayer hours a day and God started answering his prayer. This is his description and showing him how electronics worked. And once he got that, it, the, the universe was literally giving him in response to his request schematics that he would give to a friend and he would build the circuit boards. We didn't have time to go into this in the film. So this is, has not been shared a lot publicly. But then, then once he felt like he understood it, then he built a little radio transmitter in his backyard and started his own radio station. Government comes around, tells him, no, you're not allowed to do that. And he says, well, what else, I, what else could I use that for? So he asked, again, the law of attraction, he asks in his prayer session, what can I use my knowledge for? And he was given a vision that he was in a rural medical clinic in Africa where people were dying for lack of refrigeration of their medicines. So he, so he comes out of his vision and goes, maybe I can figure that out. And, and he went on to do it. And that, that was his motivation for creating a, an energy device that could access electricity anywhere, anytime. So he really wasn't in it for the money. He was in it to serve people. And that is the key. Exactly. And then uh, you referred to the challenges he'd been through. Uh, oh, yeah. Once the government realized that they had a real prodigy on their hands, they came around and said, well, congratulations, we're, we're taking your technology. And he said, no, you're not. He said, the, you, he said, you can use it. The whole world is going to be using it. But this was God's gift through me for all God's children. So I can't give you the knowledge to sequester for your military, which is what they were trying to do. And that's when they threw him in prison. They tortured him. Uh, ultimately got out, then he was poisoned. He so far has survived that. And he's doing what he can to make sure. And, and with our cooperation, we secured the intellectual property in places around the world so that nobody can uh, can steal that or threaten him in a way that he would have to give that up. I think that's wonderful. You know, one thing I'd just like to add is in these times when people experience so much confusion and what's true, how do we know what we know, right? And and how do we and how do we decide what to believe? And probably the the prime convincer is personal experience, right? If you personally experience something, that is the strongest way to know something. And I think for both of us, like I had an experience with one of the doctors who we heard from after Thrive One came out. This this whole thing happened because we heard from so many people around the world after Thrive One came out who told us about their various inventions and technologies and insights and solutions that we started checking them out. Some of them, we thought, well, of course, they're not all for real, but if just a few are, they would be total game changers. So as we were checking them out, I had an opportunity to experience a doctor curing a cancer patient in real time 
so that I actually experienced a uh, tumor disappearing under my hand, which he described would happen. And in that, I realized that our understanding of our bodies, cancer, what's possible was was unlike what I was being told and led to believe. And I felt I was actually, when I experienced it, I passed out. Foster was in the other room. I was there and he said what he heard was, oh my God, and then thump. (laughs) And what happened is that it was so overwhelming for me to have that understanding, both the pain that I have experienced in losing people I love to cancer, painful cancer deaths, and also this profound and undeniable experience that I was having myself. And what that did was it meant the fact that this doctor's been slandered or that Max, the energy inventor that Foster witnessed his technology slandered or that other people are slandered. It's like, that didn't matter. Uh, What I saw, I saw. And the proof of the electricity, we saw. And so it became sort of a, it was so profound. It was so profound to no longer be afraid of anything that could happen. We simply knew. And I learned so much from that because I realized I knew not because I had an idea. I knew because I had an intention and then complete openness to find out what would be delivered from that. And that's the portal right there. That combination of intention and acceptance and openness, listening, you know, with intention, that to me is what made all the difference. So we were so grateful and have been so empowered. And I think that that's ultimately what fuels this sort of, it's a fearless film. It's like, what's the movie you'd make if you saw these fabulous things and weren't afraid? Yeah. You know, what you just spoke of is truly the basis, the secret ingredient to the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we don't really work it like, you just mentioned, we don't get it fully as what you just mentioned. And I think it's going to help a lot of listeners right now understand the true meaning of the law of attraction and how we can access it. That's really important for everyone to know. I want to address that uh, for another minute because it's so important. And this is such an opportunity talking to you right now, because I'm so thrilled that the science that the physics, the geometry, the mathematics and so forth is now grounding da- grounding out the law of attraction. The science <laughs> is validating not only that it works, but how it works. And I want to give your audience a couple of examples. Um, with these energy devices, every single inventor that we talked to who had a successful device working in one way or another described a process where they needed to create a still point. That's like in your meditation, but literally technologically, they were creating a still point with the device that, and then tuning the device, just like we tune our brainwaves in meditation 
uh, or tune our, our emotions and so forth with these devices. And we've got it in the film, all these different people tuning their oscilloscopes and so forth till they get the device to go into resonance with the field mm -hmm. of which we're a part. And when they get that right, then the device is designed to draw in from the field exactly what it was designed for, whether that's electricity, whether that's healing, or in the case of the shamans, whether or not it's uh, expanding your consciousness to have an intention or a question answered by the intelligence of the unified field. So we're actually seeing, we reveal in, in Thrive 2, we reveal the, the science of the unified field, which is what Einstein was looking for, but he right. wasn't a, a geometry, he wasn't a musician, he was missing key pieces and he was missing the consciousness piece. Now this is actually being revealed for the first time. And so we wanted to make a film which not only revealed the theory, which is interesting, but ultimately so what in your life, but the applications that verify the accuracy of this theory. And that's why we went into the energy and into the healing and into the consciousness and ultimately even to the, to the principles of ethical self-organization for humanity, because the law of attraction has now been validated and then proven. And so what you guys have been on to for a long time and waking people up to that possibility, this literally is the context within which next generations will be living. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations on your foresight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was pushed into it by the universe too. I, I had to be drugged into it. Uh, so it's, it's just amazing um, that you are explaining it to the listeners, I've got to replay this show over and over and over again, because truly, we've got the answers here. Thank yes. you, Foster and Kimberly. You have really, from the very beginning, you have brought this to our attention. And I can't thank you enough. This is important. This is how we're going to move beyond everything that's going on in the world. That's right. So can... Can I move to the later part of the movie where you're, you are addressing current events? Yeah. And I thought you did that so brilliantly um, because it didn't bring up anger or fear. It brought up fact that we can now know how to use the law of attraction to correct the situation. Yeah, I one of my favorite things is that, well, first of all, the principles in common to all of the solutions, like they're revealing a template of organizing that is sustainable in the universe. And of all the things we've demonstrated in our human evolution, it's that we haven't yet, although I believe we're on the verge right now of it, we haven't yet found that way to relate to each other sustainably. It's yes. always been based on coercion that one side would win, would beat the other and be able to coerce a dominant narrative. And I think one of the opportunities we have with the COVID situation is to see that clearly people don't agree. 
Even people within one family don't agree. Good, smart, caring people who have a common vision do not agree on how to achieve that thriving world. So given that, what are the principles of these sustainable solutions in energy, in health, in consciousness? What can we learn from those? And this whole thing about distinct and unified, right? Balance, all of these uh, principles actually have human application in what turns out to be a very simple sort of formula, which is there's only one thing that we and others have found that all people on the planet agree to. And that is that they don't want to be violated against their will. So, okay, that's pretty significant that you actually have one thing that all people can agree to. What would human civilization look like if it were uh, abiding by that one agreed upon principle? And of course, a lot would change, but just beginning from that changes the whole conversation and changes our orientation. So that instead of our goal being to get you to either agree with me or abide by what I determine is right, we shift instead to saying, how can we harmoniously agree to disagree while abiding by this principle? And that is a worthy challenge and one that I think truly leads to a thriving world. Uh, Yeah, we need that right now with the red versus blue. (laughs) Holy smokes. I mean, nobody can come together. Um, There's such a division. So how do we even begin when it is just right there in our face? Even families are not able to get along because of the political season. Uh, I I would love to respond to that. And I I would back up for a moment, again, to come back to the law of attraction, which your audience is so familiar with. Each of us is a being who has attracted the elements from the universe to make our bodies so that we can actually have an antenna right here on earth and, you know, live a physical existence for a while. So it was that intention to live, which has attracted it. Then as we grow, as we find our purpose in life, then we, we, when we get clear on that, then the people and the resources and the health and so forth tend to gather around that vector of purpose. So that's on the individual level. Then on the species level, the question you're asking, how in the world can we get started on actually coming together in harmony as a species? I would go back to what Kimberly just said, which is, I think that the the basis for universal morality, which is, I think, the key thing that humanity is missing so far. Mm -hmm. A long time ago, there was no morality. It's just whoever had the biggest club. And then it was the church, but they didn't just, they didn't agree on it. So they fought with each other and, you know, millions of people died. And then the state comes in telling you what you can and can't do. And that that killed even more people than, than the church. So what we've been missing is a logical, uh, intuitive, um, scientific basis for morality. And we believe that, 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 
true north of that compass is the non-aggression principle. And most people go, oh, well, of course, that's the golden rule. Of course, people shouldn't initiate force against each other. Uh, but then they turn right around and 98% of the people on the planet believe that we have to have somebody ruling us. We need to be governed. Someone needs to be in charge. But every single government has proven to be corrupt. And it's not a coincidence. Every single government is based on taxation, where a few people, whether it's the king, the dictator, the president, the prime minister, whoever it is, gets to take other people's money against their will and basically do whatever they want with it. So that's, so that's why it's corrupt at the core. But we've been so indoctrinated to think that it'll be chaos if we're not ruled that we, we need to grow as a species into this realization that if all of our justice, if all of our conflicts are resolved according to this non-aggression principle, no one gets to initiate force or fraud against anyone else except in true self-defense. You can protect yourself, but you can't initiate coercion. That, if you take that seriously and actually make that our compass, then the big shocker is that you can't have government because nobody gets gets rights that other people don't have. And that's, on the one hand, it's the simplest realization in the world. Yes, we're all believe in equal rights, but if we actually implement it, then we've got to move beyond this habit of, of voting for and authorizing and paying authoritarian tyranny. So this is the verge that we're on right now. And with what's going on with literally people being locked in their houses by the billions mm. over something which hasn't proven to be more significant than a flu. And meanwhile, trillions of dollars going from our children and grandchildren to the bankers right now and the major corporations and moving to a cashless society. And, you know, I could go on and on, but people can feel this incursion of authoritarian force under the excuse of this thing which we're supposed to be afraid of, which hasn't been proven to exist and, you know, is invisible and all of that stuff. And I think that it's getting so obvious to people as the billions of billion, I mean, billions of businesses are being destroyed, that there's something, you know, rotten in Denmark here and that we actually need to look deeper. And I think this is the perfect time. We didn't know this, this would be going on, but it's the perfect time for people to go, okay, is there a, a possibility here beyond surrendering, subjugating ourselves to a government and actually having independent organizations all held to the non-aggression principle. And we'll have all the functions that we've got now, but they'll all be voluntary and every individual will be accountable. That way, I truly believe we can thrive. And we're right at that crossroads right now. We are at crossroads. Go ahead. I just wanted to say one thing with regard to COVID and, and how does this apply? Such a lofty notion and something that's so far from where we are right now. How does this apply? I think one of the things is that we realize that if we have equal rights, I mean, it begins with the fact that we own ourselves. It, it sounds funny, but we own our own bodies. And the notion that somebody could force any of us to take something against our will stops being an option. And instead, it's if that works for you, if you believe that a vaccine is a good idea, then have one. 
And if I believe that it isn't, then I won't. And instead of the goal being that I'll force you to have one or you'll force me not to or however that works, we shift the goal of the conversation of the of the engagement to say, how do we actually agree to disagree and come up with the systems and the kinds of engagements with each other that are based on that. So it's not instead of leadership, it's all about voluntary and and it begins with self-ownership. So there are transition strategies that we get into in the movie, but I think just in terms of right now, how is this applied? I think it can have a huge impact on our conversations with each other to just shift out of I'm trying to convince you and if you don't get it then you know we'll hate each other instead it's well how can we do this in a way that you get to do what you believe and I get to do what I believe so long as it doesn't violate each other and then you're on the same team trying to find a solution that humanity hasn't yet lived by and which beckons us now more than ever as we're all increasingly aware of the stakes. And let me just add one thought to that because it's so important. The difference that Kimberly mentioned between leadership and authority, uh, because leadership, once again, is an example of the law of attraction. A leader is someone that you so respect, so admire that you voluntarily want to work with them. Whereas a king, a dictator, uh, a president, what, whatever, they have been imposed on us by one illusion after another. And that's why it never works. So I think that leadership based on the law of attraction rather than on force uh, is the way out of this. So can we then, as a, the mass collective consciousness, create what you just stated through the law of attraction, is it really up to the collective, not just one or two people that may be differing? We have to come together with a certain plan of action with the outcome that we want to see, not particularly a person then. Is that correct? Kimberly, do you want to describe that what we're developing right now with the Solutions Hub? Because I think that's our attempt to address this. Okay. <laughs> I think what one of the things that's obvious from Thrive 2 is our immense respect for people and for the possibility that we see uh, for people living harmoniously on this glorious planet. And so providing the insights and the tools for people to be able to do that is, is really our mission. And toward that end, along with the movie and the Um, Freedom Portal, which is something that we offer where people who subscribe at Thrive On can uh, participate with Foster in one way or another several times a month to engage in really going deep, uh, sort of through the rabbit hole and out the other side into the light. That's another offering. But I'm going to describe the Solutions Hub, which we're developing, which is a tool. It's an app where people can organize by region or by issue in all in 40 different languages around the world so that part of it is look if I've come up with a solution where our community has learned something about how to do this then I can upload the videos the documents the lawsuits the whatever it is that's involved in that 
that can then be made available to other people anywhere in the world working on the same issue and concerned with the same things. And so that we can start benefiting from each other. There's a quote by Martin Luther King that says something like, the world will transform when those who love peace are as organized as those who love war. Wow. Yeah. And I think that organization has been lacking as we've been trying to figure out who we are, what's our relationship to ourselves, to each other, and, um, you know, for so many reasons. And so these tools for organizing that allow us each to do what we're uniquely here to do, to recognize our purpose, to fulfill it, to determine what's my natural passion and inclination. And we've identified that there are essentially three different levels of engagement that anyone is inclined to at one time or another in their life. It can change, but do I want to, you know, grow food and help my urban community right now to be able to have uh, food independence? Or do, am I looking to engage that's immediate needs? Am I looking to engage at a systemic level where I want to work with alternative currencies because decentralizing economic exchange is so important? And, or is, so that's the systemic change. Or do I want to work on the consciousness shift because it was that prevailing consciousness that led to those systems that have all these immediate need problems, yeah. right? And people will find themselves naturally drawn to one of those levels of engagement. And with the solutions of our idea is that it's so easy to feel that what you're doing is insignificant in relation to the enormity of the problem. But when you see it combined all over the world with people each doing what they're uniquely drawn to do, that's the benefit of the collective where you see, oh, me in my own distinct self when combined with others as this unified whole, that's when the whole thing gets solved in ways that we could never imagine uh, any one of us on our own. Yeah, well put, well put. This is great. And and I see we're almost out of time. I don't want it to end, but perhaps we could have you back so that we could talk more. And yeah. the the point is though that now time that we have got to start focusing in the collective consciousness the um unified field yes consciousness i really encourage people to come to thriveon.com watch the movie share it with your friends and join in the freedom portal to be part of this conversation and we'll next year we'll be launching the solutions hub and that will be available to people everywhere. So we really look forward to continuing. You know, the Thrive One ended up in 27 languages, 90 million views. We have all this fabulous network and we're engaged with people from 122 different countries. So it's really an opportunity to get the insights and experiences and energy of people everywhere working to create solutions. And I especially like this movie because it carried forward and showed the progression mm-hmm. with the electricity, with the health. I mean, the, the, you brought viable answers. And before, it was most likely questions. 
okay, where are we going to go from here? But now you've got the answers. That's what is so phenomenal about this movie. And I do encourage every person I know to watch thriveon.com, but two, or you could go back to watch one because they're both tying into each other. I mean, it's just phenomenal. You guys are really a blessing to this world right now and have your movie so that we can experience it. It's just mind boggling. Really huge, huge. We like to, we like to say uh, that thrive Two is starring the unified field. (laughs) And part of our intention was that people would fall in love with the unified field when they got to see it and hear it and feel it and everything. Uh, And in the process of falling in love with the field, they would fall in love with themselves because we are all the field you know, manifesting, as Rumi said, in a, in a drop. Uh, and I, that to me is like kind of the ultimate glory of the law of attraction when you fall in love with yourself and realize yourself is everything. Yeah. yeah. Boy, did we need to hear that or <laughs> this is so good. Well, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. I so appreciate you guys. And please, we'll keep in contact. Not every couple of years, but we want to have you back on because so many people will be able to engage in what you are putting out there. And it's necessary right now. Great. I look Thank forward to so it, Jules. Much. It's an honor to be with you. Yes. Thank you so much, Kimberly and Foster. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.